0: Hey everyone, it's me, Chris. You know, the the funny one. Anywho, it's been a bit. Missed you guys. Um, we were on hiatus for a little while. And now we're back. And we're still kicking, still alive. Most of us still have our limbs, I'm pretty sure. And uh, you know what else we have? Some Some new patrons. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of those off for y'all. Just says a you know big thank you and shout out. So without further ado, uh, this episode's patrons are Julata Peng, The Pancake Renegade, Marae, Rosemary's Baby, Reese, Your Mom, Stuart Mumford, Hi Trikowski, Sarah Royer, Zax Seven Two Four, Kenneth Shaughnessy, The Zoske, Stephen Jennings, SCP Archives, Robo Ghost World. Miss Chaotic Evil, Morgan Coburn, Tommy Fitzpatrick, The Bat Sammy, Cindersoul, Soul, hashtag Team Slurpy, Dwayne McGessy, Hope von Gunten, Nick, S. Lee, Demon Cat Talia, Christopher Walker, and Gideon Ebling. Wow, that list is getting longer and longer each time I read it. At some point, I will begin cycling out the names on there, and I'm gonna try to include the newer ones. All the time, so... But either way, that won't be for a while. I'm gonna keep reading this long list, because it makes me happy to read all of your wonderful names. But anywho, um, yeah. I'm sure that you guys will like this episode, I'm sure you will like all the episodes that we recorded while we were away. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, we need some breathing room, we need to, you know, do some work, get get stuff done, you know, because we don't like being so close, like... Having only one episode recorded, having to get that, you know, I'm sure Dana already explained it to you guys, so you're fine, you're fine. Anywho, let's hop right into the episode. Love you guys.
1: The following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are available in the show notes. Previously, on Meddling with Monsters.
2: And they have a knife which as I have previously described, looks like it's been carved up.
3: And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Why do you have a magic knife? I don't, what? Come on, you've never seen, like, it's magic runes on it. You got a magic yeah. knife.
2: Oh. Oh, I should apologize
4: Where'd you get
3: it? to Liam. Who's Liam?
2: So I may have had a boyfriend who was a witch and it was a present. Something about keeping me safe, whatever. It was a little clingy.
3: Slurpee looks and licks with her tentacles, licks Ashton's face. And she throws up something and you look and sitting in front of you is a cylindrical metal canister. And out from the cylinder, you you dump it and inside kind of rolled up within the cylinder are photographs and they're all photographs of Dane. Yeah, listen,
5: uh, Lillian, uh, I got some pictures, and I need, uh, need you to dig up the uh, date. I want
6: something heavy.
5: I got just the thing for you. Just give me one moment. And
3: it is a very ornate, a very nice-looking hammer. Dane's body seems to almost start to revert back to a colish form, and then it begins to expand in a sort of almost egg spheroid shape around Dane in this rock-like cocoon. Cassandra, you know that Dane is about to come out of that thing and that he's gonna try to find something and he's gonna use it in a way that results in an innocent person being hurt. And right when you have that realization, the egg shatters
1: open. The act of metamorphosis is an intriguing contradiction. It is both a period of stasis and one of dynamic and dramatic transformation, punctuated with an explosive emergence in a form altogether changed. While it is usually associated with something plain and unappealing, blossoming into an object of stunning beauty, your metamorphosis stain is a bit more complex, to say the least. You emerge from your coal-covered cocoon, Stumbling out into the cutting night air of the mountains outside Portera, you slowly begin to regain control of your body, though your mind is still disoriented, having just relived several jagged fragments of your violent past. What do you do?
6: As you see Dane kind of lurch out, almost like, kind of, like almost not even just like fall out, you know, like there's no like control or conscious uh, control of body and get thuds to the ground. And you see that blackened arm that you had replaced has a, a, a couple small additions to
3: it. One thing I'll just briefly say before you describe this for the audience's sake is that the parts that will be most affected on Dane are the parts that weren't regenerated before you went into the egg. So Cassandra regenerated one of your arms. So that'll be less affected, but everything but that and your torso will be definitely very changed. Yeah, yeah, it's only, it's very small on here. You just notice
6: like a couple flakes of like almost like chitin coal, almost like a coal texture. Just a couple like flakes of that like attached to the arm. And, but you see that and just like a, and then his lower half has been replaced with almost like a mixture of, enamel and coal and just like almost like a volcanic texture across his legs and jagged pieces and some small like uh, almost like vents and like almost like teeth kind of coming out from it uh, having replaced his entire lower half and you see cracks and little almost like pulsating red hot veins similar to the the heart and the mountain and just it's very monstrous in the way it's you know like clawed feet and just jagged and it's vague like vaguely humanoid but it doesn't belong to a human very much so are any of the eyes out not at first but then at that point you see it very distinctly the the teeth are visible now, where the scars once were, you see that they're just closed teeth on the legs, and they open up, and the eyes, they glow
3: that, like, pulsing red. Yeah, now, they are the reddest, the most saturated, darkest red you have ever seen on Dane. Yeah. And yeah, so the scars
6: like take up most of his legs now. And but yeah, they're like they're always present. They don't look like scars anymore. They just look like teeth. Um, and yeah, like the, the eyes—they pulse red and they have a little flicker of a tongue. And not even just like one tongue. So now there's like, you know, a couple of the scars have like two, maybe three tongues coming out of them. And as Dane hits the ground, and you see that, the rest of his body is mostly normal and everything it just uh, you know he's very sweaty as he's sweating right now and he gets up (laughs) and you hear like when he stands up you hear the sound of the the coal and teeth kind of grinding against each other as he walks or stands up straight
3: Cassandra you see this what do you do?
4: Um (laughs) uh what the fuck also that's fucking cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, well upon upon being like oh shit uh, somebody's somebody's gonna get hurt uh, Cassandra will attempt to use magic to trap Dane in place
2: alrighty try me
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> one thing yeah. I'll
3: give you while Cassandra's prepping and actually just again you're trying to trap him are you just trying to like chain him with those vines again almost or smoke or something or what mm-hmm. okay. just hold
4: him in place Is let's see plus
3: three uh thirteen. Okay. Describe what happens to Dane.
4: The moment the moment Dane is like, you know, free from this this stone cocoon of his from Cassandra, from Cassandra's hands and actually particularly from the exposed bits now there's smoke crawling out from under it. Uh, these these tendrils of smoke reach over to Dane and as they come into contact with Dane and wrap around his limbs and anchor into the ground, they begin to solidify into these thorny bramble-like vines. Okay.
3: Um, Dane, I'm going to give you this. Uh, immediately something has tried. You have popped out of this and something has tried to restrict you the mouths, like that thing, that you feel that thing inside you and it's lurching you and it wants you to break free of these and it, it knows where it wants to go and it wants you to follow it basically okay. in a way. Like it's trying to lurch you out of this. Okay. So I'll bear in mind, Cassandra has trapped you. You're, you're, you're strong. You could yeah. attempt to break out of this. It's just gonna take some effort. Oh, Dane definitely will try. And as he's doing so, he'll just be like, you
6: will not hold me. <sighs> Who do you think you are? And then he'll try and break out. Okay, now what do you do to try to break out? Uh, Dane, with the tongues from the legs, will kind of like reach out and grab the vines and try and pull them
3: into the teeth so that he can bite them off. Okay, I'm going to make you roll this, but you're going to take a minus one because Cass- sure. so I would have maybe said the effect is weakened, but the Cassandra rolled really well, so it's going to take you some effort to do this.
6: Yeah. Um, well, uh, I believe that is a... Th-
3: 13 minus 112. Oh, dang it. <laughs> the one. <time> you roll. <laughs> I, the one time. I'm gonna give I I feel bad not giving Cassandra anything for this. So I think what happens is you manage to bite those fines, but Cassandra, I'm gonna give you a plus one forward whatever it is you try to do next because you at least delayed Dane for a beat. Does that seem fair? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. okay. So
6: yeah, Dane, will, like the tongues wrap around the vines and bring them down, and then like the teeth open up and then clench around the vines and snap them free. And then Dane will look around and follow that lurching feeling
3: and take off if he can. Okay, I think Cassandra, like some of the vines have managed to still wrap around your feet and you stumble a little bit at first. And I guess I'll give you this. You—the thing inside you has quickly identified that you—you you don't see your friend Cassandra. You see something that is getting in your way and needs to be dealt with now. Okay. What, what do you do?
6: Ooh, don't see Cassandra. See something in front of me. Uh. I mean, like, like visually, yeah. yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. it is just—it yeah. doesn't register. It's just like, no. Step aside, and I'll put you in the river with the rest.
4: Okay. With that, as Cassandra is like trying to speak to Dane, trying to like see, if, you know, if they could get to them. And they're saying things like, Dane, Dane, snap out of it. What the fuck is going on? It's me, Cassandra, and we'll use uh, actually a new ability I got. Hey. Uh, they will use Jinx. Hey. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is, went well now, tell me what you're trying to do here. No, both narratively and mechanically.
4: <laughs> you can encourage coincidence... Coinc, oh, fucking hell.
6: <laughs> you can encourage coincidences to occur. Coincidences
4: to occur the way you want. When you jinx a target, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, hold two. On a 7 to 9, hold one. On a miss, the keeper holds two over you, and you'll be used the same way. Uh, the b- mm.
3: So basically, you can encourage coincidences to I can happen. Encourage,
4: yes, I can encourage coincidences to happen, so I just gotta roll with plus weird. And depending on what I get. Oh my God.
6: It's a six.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
4: see. Uh, thank goodness for that plus three to weird. It is a eight.
3: Okay, so remind me what happens on an eight then.
4: An eight? I get one hold, which I can spend my hold to do things like interfere with a hunter, giving them a negative one forward, help a hunter giving them a plus one forward by interfering with the enemy, interfere with what a monster, minion, or bystander is trying to do, inflict one harm on the target due to an accident, the target finds something you left for them, or the target loses something you will soon find.
3: Okay, and are you trying to interfere with what a hunter is doing? Because that seems like what you're trying to do.
4: Let's see. <laughs> this point is more a hunter or a monster. <laughs> it's a it's a hunter. In this yeah, I, that,
6: I'm st- I still have agency. I'm a hunter, please.
4: Yeah. Yes. So it's going to it's going to interfere with what a hunter.
3: Okay. And is. are do you want to describe what the coincidence is, or do you feel like that's something that I should do if it's a coincidence?
4: You know, I want to see how creative you get with this.
3: <laughs> I think what happens is, Dane... Cassandra says this, and then there is a rumble behind you, and there's another small, just a little bit of a residual landslide, and it has blocked the path that you wanted to go. Like You wanted to climb up the mountain forever, and it's blocked that path. You're gonna have to go around, which means you're gonna take minus one forward to whatever else is you're gonna do next. I'm not getting super creative, but I'm trying to expedite things (laughs) a little bit.
6: Dana look at the mountain. No matter to me. And then we'll Look at Cassandra, Cassandra, not Cassandra. Um... <laughs> so, where are you going to get out of my way, or
2: what? Um.
6: The tongues will flicker out at this point. All the scars yeah. open up. Wiggly, 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 wiggly,
2: <laughs> wiggly,
4: wiggly, woo! Yeah, uh, Cassandra is going to it's going to stand their ground. Right? They cast some more magic.
3: And you're trying to do the same thing to hold him? Or are you trying to... To say, hold,
4: It's going to, going to attempt to restrain him again. Well...
3: Okay. Um, I think what I'm going to say then... I'm going to let your other roll ride and you just... I assume you're trying to whip out another one of those vine things, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I think happens is you whip out another one and it grabs... Like, one of Dane's legs again. And then, Dane, if you try to jerk away, Cassandra almost seems anchored in space in a way that their small frame would suggest is, is against physics. Now, I guess, curious, Dane, they're trying to hold you there. What are you going to try to do? I want to cut back to Ashton in a bit, but I want to resolve this scene.
6: Well, if that's the case, if they're trying to hold me there, Dane will... Well, if they're, they're trying to anchor Dane there, Dane will turn around. Is there anything left of the egg? Yes. Dane will break off a piece and throw it at
3: Cassandra. Ooh. Okay, you're going to roll kick some ash. You're going to take a minus two because yep. they blocked your path. Actually, I'm going to have you take a minus one. Hmm. I'll take minus two. I'm going to have you take a minus two. Yeah, yeah, that's just the easiest way to resolve this. Yeah.
6: Well, you're lucky.
3: <laughs> it's a six. Okay. However, that usually means the thing that you were... Ch- Cassandra, uh, you are going to do harm to Dane. I need you to tell me how you do it. You don't have a choice to not do it, though, um, just because that's the way this move works. Hurt me. <laughs> and if you really want to not do it, you can, but I think it'd be more make more sense for you to do it somehow. He tries to throw a rock at you. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, I would say the vines would wrap tighter and the thorns would dig in.
3: Okay, and I think what a use magic does normally does like one ignore armor, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So you take one harm ignore armor, Dane. Okay. Now, I'm actually gonna say you are restored to full health. Oh, okay, cool. I was about to say because that puts me at six unstable. No, you are full. You are full back in. Now you are a very terrible version. That's actually bad for everyone else, but it's good for you. <laughs> yeah, great.
4: And um, God.
3: And so that digs in. Dane feels that, and
6: just kind of smiles. Fine. And will brandish a whip. <laughs> and, uh, will uh, full-on actually attack Cassandra.
3: Okay, um, I, do we want to just do another kick some ass roll? What do we? What seems I think they're still restraining you, so I don't want to just keep rolling kick some ass, but I think maybe rolling one more time, but with a minus one this time, yeah. does that seem fair, everyone? Yeah, seems good to me. Yeah. Okay, it's, this is a tough situation to resolve, so I'm, That's all right. I'm just gonna do that. I want to give you a chance to actually hurt Cassandra, as bad as that sounds. <laughs>
6: Me doing math. Well, I've been hurt now, so I get a plus one. So this makes it a net neutral ten.
3: All right, pick me now. Think about what Dane in this state's gonna do. Are you gonna try to put them where you want them? Do terrible harm? Uh,
6: yeah. Dane's gonna force them where he wants them, uh, which is in the egg. In what's left of the egg, Yeah, in in what's left of the egg. Basically kind of like wrap the whip around them and like yeet them behind him into the egg so he can go past them, if he can.
3: Okay. Cassandra, you're getting tossed back into the egg, but you have a chance if you want to try to do one more thing to stop Dane. As in the sense of like, this is your chance because the way Kick Some Ass works, you can retaliate. You can try to do some harm to Dane to at least slow him down, but it would require probably hurting him.
4: Yeah, Cassandra's gonna do it.
3: Okay, and you don't have to, there's no role for that. You, you just get yeah. your retaliate yeah. as part of the move. What do you do? Yeah.
4: Um, jeez. <sighs> hurt me. This is fucking tense.
6: Hurt me, hurt me, hurt me. Hurt me, hurt me, hurt me.
4: The vines are still wrapped around him at this point, or is he already...
3: I think you could they're they're loosening, he's gonna break free of them, but you could probably get one last thing in.
4: Yeah, I'll try to dig the thorns in again.
3: Okay, you dig the thorn in, you do another one harm to Dane, and Dane, you feel that sting, but then as Cassandra, you get whipped back, the line goes taut, and then it yanks into Dane's skin for one more time and then it snaps. And when it snaps, you end up kind of flying back into the egg hard and you, you roll into what's left of the egg and then it actually rolls off the side of the cliff. Right where I want you. Yep. <laughs> and then on that note, we're going to cut back to, to I think we'll start with Ashton because Chris has been very patient sitting over there and I appreciate this. Em <clears throat> is definitely going to be doing her own thing. Tempest, do you give, and actually Tempest, you want to do a thing, don't you? So do you go off to do that uh, thing? Tempest
2: does go off to do that thing,
3: yes. Okay, so that means Ashton's alone in the room and Ashton, you get a call and you recognize it as Lil and Doss's number Um
0: Okay, um Seven Nation Army plays as his ringtone
2: Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ We don't have (laughs) Why? Why? He's He's a history nerd He
0: gave him that one so that it would make him cooler (laughs) Oh
5: my god, that's adorable (laughs) Um so he picks up and he goes Hi,
3: Lillian. hi how you doing bud hey there i got um got those uh photos taken care of for you
5: really and then he like looks around just to make sure no one's around so uh what did you find anything uh anything good
3: <sighs> um well uh so the so the guy there in the in the, the photos um uh, I I know uh, I'm gonna preface this. I know you you asked me not to um, not to ask any questions other than the ones you said. I just you know if you're uh, if you were hired to to kill this person, it ain't it ain't worth it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that now. I mean you know whatever. But uh, um all right. So uh, can you uh I'm gonna I'm gonna share uh, I'm gonna share my my screen so to speak. If you can uh, see that, he actually pulls just on the phone. Yeah, phones are advanced nowadays you can do that. He's just basically gonna be showing you the photos. Alright, so your man here, um, far back as I can tell, far back is easy enough accessible records go, uh, has been going by the name of uh of Dane. Is uh No
5: last name, no nothing?
3: No, none that I could uh find. Um I was able to figure out some things based on the photos. So those those men there, um, that you see posing with him, they're all members of um you ever heard of the uh a lot of armies have them. Uh, the American one's been around for pretty much since the country's existence, maybe a little bit before. You ever heard of an OP division?
5: Ah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, yes, I have.
3: Yeah, occult and him Paranormal. Um, basically, um, Yes, yes. i Um, so he's uh he's been a member of um of one of those uh and uh, served in uh. Served in Revolutionary War, from what I can tell from records that are available, uh, served in uh, Civil War, uh, World War One, and then just fucking falls off the face of the planet after that. Um, uh, definitely one of their more um, prized assets in that regard uh, actually was encouraged to serve in World War II and uh, didn't, from what I can tell, it's not, not exactly clear why. Um, but he, uh, the only only other person um, that I can tell that has got a bit more of a, I guess, prestigious or infamous, depending on how you wanna look at it, is uh, this guy right here. And he points out someone in the Civil War photo who is standing next to Dane, a somewhat uh, middle height, uh, slightly above average, but still middle height, uh, dude with a dusty blonde, cropped haircut, um, here's something I'm gonna give you. I remember I mentioned you—you you joked earlier. This was a, this was a ways back, but um, you joked earlier about how it's one of those photos where no one smiles. I did. You, yeah, this is this is way back. This is like episode nine. But you, you we joked about how it's one of those um, like war photos where no one smiles or whatever. Um, he is the only one smiling. Oh fuck! Man, this motherfucker. Him. That guy there, uh, you know, talk about um, people only going by one name, a uh, guy by the name of O'Connell, um, only ever, another significant figure, there's a handful of them, uh, in this photo. And he pulls up the World War I one. And um, uh, notably, O'Connell is not in that photo posing with Dane. Um, however, there is a, a large man, um, actually just like an inch, an inch or two taller than Dane and thicker. Uh yeah, that guy there they call him uh name by the name of Vlad, uh and called I know pretty yeah you know, pretty stereotypical name, but they call him uh the, the Iron Bear. Uh apparently um he uh was uh close with your friend or whatever the hell here in World War One, um and uh, he didn't, he didn't survive the war, uh, but your, your boy here did, but then he just, like I said, fell off the face of the planet. Um, now, as far as going back further than that, um, well, it's a bit shaky, but uh, it's, there are, there are records of, you know, once I figured out he was in the Revolutionary War, I tried to go back further than that, and um, there are loose records of someone fitting your guys here's description, just kind of randomly terrorizing uh you know foragers or folks going around in the wilderness explorers um you know tales of a giant man like a grizzly bear just ripping people's heads off when they get in his way you know, loose connection records get spotty or the further back obviously there's uh not going to be any photos but um
5: but yeah yeah do we have a, a date for uh the earliest known record
3: well um It's It's spotty But as far back as I can go Um I mean Honestly The the records how to, how to put it Um Traces of them Only get about as spotty As You know They do in general Going that far back So we're looking at least Into the 1500s maybe
5: Oh lordy Alright Um What about this Uh I already know the deal with Um Dane himself it's, uh, his, uh, his abilities at least I think I do uh, he said uh the iron bear he died in the war what about this uh McConnell guy
3: um so uh based on what I could figure out he actually uh well there's a, there's a reason he's not uh he's not in the photo here in World War one he uh He was on the other side, so to speak, and uh, on the German side in both uh, World War I and uh, World War II. And then records get a little spotty after that, Um, but uh, it seems uh, I spent some time, uh, I guess, back from, if if I'm intuitive from the name right, spent some time back in Ireland. Uh, There's some records of him in the 80s uh, around a murder, around a cult group or something like that. Um. Uh, it gets and then after that it kind of drops off a little bit like our takes a little bit longer but it drops off a lot like our, our friend over here. And points back to Dane. Let me put it this way. If you've been hired to kill this other guy I need his references back to Dane. And I told you not to do it. If you've been hired to kill this guy I have no Trust idea you would be stupid uh, enough to try to pay I'm you to do that. I'm on the uh,
5: enemy side. I'm, uh, I'm with Dane currently. In fact it's a uh... Yeah, it's very much the opposite. I am with Dane. All right.
3: I mean, I know, I know, I know you. I know you asked me not to ask questions. If you're involved in any of this, I, you know, for whatever it's worth, I'd get out of it.
5: <sighs> well, uh, then, uh, you know, you're telling me I'm getting some uh, dangerous vibes from you. uh, f- to be honest.
0: And he stands up and he, you yeah. know stretches and he's like...
5: Uh, But... You should never mind... Uh, If I'm asking about it... I could probably deal with it. And since I'm really not going to be going after Dane... It seems like this other bloke, uh, the mechanical one... Nah... Yeah... Just making sure I have all my bases covered, you know? Mate someone like this, and it raises a fuck ton of questions. i will met some old shit, but yeah. damn, um, he is, a, He goes back for a person.
3: As far back as our, um... If anything, uh, it's, again, hard to get with, uh, records, um... But, uh, there's, uh... With our, our friend, uh, our, um our friend, the the shorter blonde guy. As far as I can tell, that goes back even farther. Um, only thing that I can see uh, that might be helpful, uh, that that cult that I mentioned. Uh, I mean, I know you got a lot of weird items, uh, something they were doing involved a ritual with. Uh, I couldn't find any good photographs of it, but uh, with a hammer. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that speaks I mean there's a lot of magic hammers and stuff out um, there. I don't know if that speaks anything you know, I to you. I have a lot of uh
5: I have a lot of hammers. I got cudgels, I got war hammers, I got maces. Description maybe about it?
3: No, I couldn't couldn't find any pictures on it. All I know is um the cult, uh, I mean I can tell this is what I can tell you with a degree of certainty. Um is whatever this cult was doing—it had something to do with this hammer—and all of them died in a manner. Uh, I mean, I guess I should specify this. It's not really shown in any of the photographs. Our uh, our uh, Irish friends here's uh, modus operandi when it comes to killing is apparently uh, got uh, got claws that come out of the hands, and that would be pretty consistent oh, cool. with how everyone there died. Got it.
5: I am fighting Wolverine. That's very cool, actually.
3: Uh, well. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to try to tell you not to do it, but uh, be careful. He's probably going to kill you and then you're going to still owe me money and that's going to be incredibly inconvenient.
5: I have a few eyes back. It's not that bad. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. (laughs) I can die and come back. To be honest, he probably could. So one last thing. And then we're all uh, good and squared away and all that. He seems to be a pretty lonely person. Uh, did you see anything about, uh, you know, uh, lovers, family members? Uh, he's, like, fucking, what, a couple hundred years old? I doubt he has any family left, like, you know, living ones. Anyone that might still be around, like, descendants or anything? Or besides crazy Nazi Wolverine? Yeah,
3: besides the crazy Nazi Wolverine dude. Um, I, uh... As far as family goes, I couldn't I didn't go back far enough to find anything there. Um, more recently, and he actually, I believe I did say one of the photos had Cassandra in it. Um, whoever this person is, there's been records of um, two of them traveling around. It seems wherever they go, whoever it is that is around them tends to, tends to die pretty quick. Um, however, not, uh, I can dig into, I can dig into them more if you want me to, but I focus most of it on this guy. And some of the older stuff, I figured you could probably handle anything more modern.
5: Man, this situation just gets more and more fun. Well, uh, thank you, Lillian. I appreciate that and all that. And uh, that's a huge favour you just did for me. uh A favour you did for me. Sorry about that. I'll be sure to stop by.
3: I hope your money will be sure to stop by, too. Yeah,
5: no, no. I'll totally be able to pay. Yeah! All
3: right, well, this is the last favour I'm pulling for you until you pay me back. Uh-huh. All right, I got... Remember what you said last time? All right, well, if that's the case, then I as a demonstration of my certainty... The phone clicks off and he hangs up. <laughs> Tempest, you are stepping out. It's late. I'm going to emphasize um the time under which, you know, Ashton's call kind of arrives and uh, Dane yeets Cassandra. It's, it's getting later into the... Like, more into the evening... At that point, like I said, the boys are going to sleep a while, the kids. Um, So Tempest, you know, you finally get some time at some point during the day um, to do something that you've been wanting to do for a bit. Ever Uh, ever since you found out you had a magic knife knife from from someone. someone,
2: They are going to see... Tempest is not the kind of person who often cleans out their phone. So they're going to try and see if they still have Liam's number saved somewhere. Uh, you do. Beautiful. They're gonna try and call.
1: What do you get? Ooh.
3: You know, I'm very torn on this. Um, actually, I'll let you answer. Um, it's gonna be very similar either way, but it'll slightly change things. And since I can't decide, I'm gonna let you. You tell me. Do you get a voicemail or a, this number is no longer in service? You have contacted this number before and it has worked. I'm asking you, what do you find now?
2: If This is a thing that they have been able to do before. I can't see why they wouldn't be able to sort of leave a voicemail now.
3: Okay. So then you, you get a voicemail and I think it's actually, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a voicemail message. I think it's just the standard one to keep things simple. Um, Mm -hmm. Liam never bothered to change his uh, like me. And, um, mm -hmm. and do you leave anything of note on the voicemail?
2: Just hey, it's Tempest. I know it's been a while, but I've, there's something pretty important I need to talk to you about, and I also think I owe you an apology. So give me a call back when you can.
3: Boy, do you? Boy do, and they don't even no. know why yet. What do you do after? Is that is that that's nowhere? That is not Tempest's mo for that to be the end of the investigation. No,
2: that is not Tempest's mo. They. Are going to call up a friend from undergrad.
3: Okay, tell, give me give me give me this friend a name.
2: Uh, Gabby.
3: How'd you know Gabby?
2: They were in some classes together early in. I think yeah, like separate majors, but enough in the same ballpark that they still had all their gen eds together for the first couple of years and became friends.
3: Okay, so they were you know a biochem major whatever, and you yeah. were. So you had to take basic bio or something. Okay. Um. And do you have any clue? I don't want to over embellish this, but, you know, have you kept in touch at all with Gabby? Like, what this, What is not, Gabby do now?
2: They aren't super close anymore, but they talk decently regularly every few
3: weeks. Okay. And do you text Gabby or call her?
2: I think they would call her. Because Gabby is not necessarily a great
3: text. Gabby does, in fact, pick up the phone.
2: Hey, it's, uh, well, you know who it is. Do you got a second? Yeah, no, I,
3: I recognize your voice. It's pretty apparent. <laughs> How's it going?
2: It's good. Busy, real busy. Look, we got to catch up, but...
3: Well, that, I guess things haven't changed too much, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. We got to catch up, but I need to ask something.
3: Do you remember... All right, you got very...
2: Yeah. Do you, do you remember, Liam, do you, um, do you still have his number? I'm not sure if the one I called worked and I need to talk to him. Uh, who was Liam again? You know, I dated him for, like, a year. Remember?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, never, I never met him. You never brought him around or anything, what? but... What, what I, do I you mean? <laughs> of course I did. No, you didn't. I... You were always talking about him. None of us are, like... I, I don't have... think anyone in our friend group had...
2: I Must have at some point. I remember... I remember... He was there at Casey's 21st. You must have met him then.
3: Wait, Casey's 21st birthday party? Yeah. You mean the one where you talked to a wall drunkenly about the ocean for an hour or two? And then left? What? I... Yeah, we were all kind of worried about you, but like... That... I don't know, you were always kind of weird and absorbed in everything. We didn't want to think that we just figured, you know, maybe you couldn't hold your liquor because you didn't drink too much, you're always so busy, so like no one wanted to make a fuss over it. We came over a couple times and you sort of slurred something. You seemed to mostly just be talking about the ocean and so we just sort of... Let you do it and then you left a few hours later? It was kinda weird, but no one wanted to right. make you feel bad uh, about it. Oh,
2: that's so weird. God.
3: Yeah, I mean I, you know, to be honest, I thought we kinda thought maybe you were making him up or something, just so none of us would be worried about you having literally zero social life.
2: I'm not that pathetic.
3: I, but you're not, not that pathetic either she laughs a little bit. I, I, Gappy, I'm i just playing Gabby as kind of a petty nerdy uh, oh yeah friend. they
2: uh well obviously she can't see them roll their eyes with the phones like mm, well
3: no but none of it uh, I mean you can check the others I don't remember ever meeting I remember you mentioned him for like you know a year um, huh. did he even go to the same did he go to the same schools I don't I, remember ever seeing a Liam in any of our classes
2: I think he did you're you're sure never
3: Huh. No, is this a- is this a joke or something? Is this- was it all just like a big joke and you're playing it on me like- uh,
2: No, I really need to get in contact with him. That's- that's the problem. Why? It's- God, it's really complicated. Are you okay? I'm fine, fine. Something, um, something out here that we'd spoken about that I could really use his input on.
1: Alright, that's weirdly vague.
2: Trust me, you do not want me to go into detail.
1: You sure you're all right?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. Like I hey, said, it I, was a uh, uh, no. bit of a crazy time for the last couple days, going to be honest.
3: Okay, um... Yeah, no, I mean, did, is that all you wanted to talk about? Because I, like I said, I never met... I honestly, like I said, I kind of I didn't want to be mean about it. I half thought you were making him up or something.
2: Well, no, that's... That, that was it, like... Obviously, I'll. We haven't talked in a while, so we should talk more. But right now, I gotta figure this out. Soon, though. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Good luck finding your mysterious ghost boyfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks.
3: <laughs> All right. Then... <laughs> and what, what? What do you do? What do you do next?
2: They would text a couple people and see because okay. most people most of their friends what few friends they have Gabby was not completely wrong about that are not quite as bad texters so they'd send them a couple texts and be like hey do you remember this guy
3: yeah i'm just going to give you this everyone more or less you know in as much as variance from person to person would account for it corroborates Gabby's story any of your friends who were at the 21st also comment on your strange behavior at it um And none of them have seen you with Liam, nor do they remember ever meeting Liam at the school they were at.
2: I think Tempest will just kind of walk back into the Winnebago looking like
3: both confused and upset. Okay. Now, question, because of the layout, I guess we've established there's a couple bunk beds in the one room and then the infirmary in the other. So you don't really currently have a bed I do not other have than a maybe bet. the pull-out one. You have the pull-out one that normally Cassandra and Dane sleep on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What What are you doing now besides looking confused?
2: Honestly, I think they want to try and talk to somebody, but they don't know who's awake or who's around.
3: It, I don't think it's so late. So your options at this point, you could... If you were to call Cassandra, you would probably <laughs> get... I don't think get anything at this point. If you could certainly go into the room and talk to Ashton, or you could try to find M. Hmm. I'm actually curious who you would rather talk to right now.
2: I think they would probably want to talk to M.
3: Okay. Uh, if you go out, M is surveying Cass. And uh, when she sees you, she seems to kind of just sort of lean into what she's doing. Um, like, acknowledges your presence and then gets back to, like, looking over Looks like she's maybe packing a few things up, potentially anticipating that y'all might be moving soon.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, weird question. You're, the Mm. weird magic things, can they, I, can they, like, turn people invisible?
3: Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, that's, I'm sure, like, I can talk to Jimmy. Do you need to turn invisible? No, no. But, I mean, I know you're awkward, but is that really, like, necessary?
2: One, ow. Two, either, um, either my ex-boyfriend doesn't exist or every friend I had in college is gaslighting me. Maybe both. Maybe both. But if, unless I've really properly gone insane, which is on the table, then other people couldn't see him. So that's
3: theoretically possible. M's expression. This is I'm gonna fill this in. I've kind of not wanted to just repeat myself over and over again. For pretty much ever since, especially the start of the start of the day, I guess. It's been it's only been a day. I think probably M napped during a chunk of the day because she's the poor girl is exhausted. Still doesn't look like she's rested well at all in the entire time that you've met her. She hasn't has almost gone out of her way to like not interact with few a ton and has not made a ton of eye contact. But when you do say that, like just for a brief bit, like a smile kind of creeps up on her face and she's like, wait. Okay, so I, I dated and she looks around to make sure that, that no, no one could be there to hear what she's about. So, I dated the mothman, but did you just literally get ghosted?
2: <laughs> Take a moment of silence and go. Oh my god. <laughs> I None of them could
3: see him. I've been him. saving that one for a hot sec since you and I discussed <laughs> yes, some of these yes. plans.
2: <laughs> they are they are like looking pain. go if none of them could see him. And apparently, given that none of them could bump into him, he seemed to be intangible. Fucking maybe.
3: All right, well, join the club of people who've made bad mistakes with cryptids and or monsters. You'll get over it.
2: Well, yeah, but I'm still trying to, I still need to talk to him. And given that... Why?
3: I don't want to talk to my ex. (laughs) Why are you seeking yours
1: out?
2: One, we're not on bad terms, so it's not exactly the same thing. And two,
1: he's the one who gave me that
2: knife. I want to know how it works. And why he did it.
1: All right.
3: So what do you even want to do then?
2: I don't know. Hope he calls me back, I guess. My other plan had been to get people to maybe see if he's around and none of them knew he existed and thought I made him up. Ouch. Yeah. That one stings a little, I'm not gonna lie.
3: I mean, you know, it probably stings, I and mean, maybe it's a bit true, dude. Okay, so what are you what are you asking? me for, exactly.
2: Oh, I just wanted to know if you heard of that.
3: Of people dating ghosts?
2: Of invisible people. Oh, sure. You know I don't know how this shit works. I don't know the rules.
1: No, no. Fair. Fine. Um... Oh, uh, darling,
2: it was you or Ashton and you're more pleasant to talk to.
3: Not a high bar, but thanks <laughs> Uh... I mean, yeah, yeah, you you probably dated a ghost.
2: Great. That's great.
3: Either that or he was invisible in some other way. Ghost is usually the easiest way people become invisible and tangible. There are other ways. I told you, like, you said he was clingy. Maybe you were, like, his unfinished business or something.
2: Maybe. Was dating
3: you, which, that's kind of weird. Is but, really weird. But, hey.
2: I don't think I like that. I don't know makes more sense that he never really wanted to hang out with other people.
3: Well, I probably couldn't. Probably so. couldn't. God, can you, ima- sorry, don't take this as too much of an insult. Can you imagine if you're the only person you could talk to and you're too busy like studying ocean stuff?
2: Yeah, I'm picturing that. And now I feel pretty bad about, actually.
3: Yeah, God, I feel bad secondhand.
2: Oh my God, that explains so much.
3: Now, Tempest, are you trying to like go back through any of your memories or anything and think about stuff? Is there, is there, I'm asking, is there, does there need to be any type of investigation here? Or are you just gonna like be <laughs> like, oh, yep, I
2: connecting did. some dots of, hey, never really did want to hang out with other folks, and people always seem to ignore him to speak to me, that kind of thing. Yeah, always the I'll one to order at restaurants, things. whatever the hell, you know.
3: Yeah, wouldn't well, um weirdly wouldn't open doors, would always just sort of wait for you to do it. Uh, another thing that you remember, I'm not really going to make you roll for this because I think it's stuff that you would remember just recontextualizing. If you want to maybe know more detail, you can probably, that's going to take you some, a little bit of trolling, but basically you do remember, actually tell me the what was the first, uh, you and I talked a little bit about this, but uh, for everyone else's sake, when was the first time you met Liam?
2: I think it was, God, sophomore year.
3: And, and they, they were
2: in, cl- sort of in class, one of those um. Field things where you go out to the beach and you look at the tides and stuff.
3: Okay. What I'm going to give you, we don't need to play a whole scene out or anything there. We can maybe circle back to that if we want to. But mm-hmm. you you do definitely remember that Liam seemed to just kind of be off on his own a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily interacting with the class. And when you talked to him, he seemed surprised that you were talking to him. And then he really seemed eager to talk to you. And at the time, I imagine it's fair, right? You, pro- how, how did you interpret that at the time? I guess I will not put I words mean, in your mouth.
2: Yeah, they seemed like oh interested in being friends, and then oh, oh, I see. He,
3: he was—you were literally the first person potentially to talk to him, and goodness knows how long. Uh huh. Not, not even to talk to him to acknowledge his existence. Yeah. Just hammering that one home for you, dear. Uh
2: huh. Oh no, I'm fully aware. They are starting to get a little, little upset about the fact that they haven't spoken to him in several years.
3: Yeah. And he, you know, he gave you the knife, told you it was to protect you. And why did you all break up? Who initiated it?
2: Hmm. I think it would probably be Tempest. Not because they didn't like him, because they did. But because at some point they acknowledged the fact that they were not putting nearly enough into this. Yeah. And they figured, well, it's probably better for him. If he moves on and finds someone else, (laughs) someone who can, you know, properly appreciate him and be there for him and be a good partner and stuff. And then we realize.
3: Yeah. Is there anything else you want to do in this scene? No, no. Ever than feel bad about yourself? No, that
2: was it. That's just Tavis going, oh, fuck. I fucked up.
3: Yeah. Um. I mean, if you want to talk more about it, you can. I need to pack up some stuff. And M just kind of walks off towards the car.
2: Huh. And yeah, that's that's all I really want to do. Hey
1: everyone, it's Dana here with this week's mid-break. It is really nice to be back and putting out regular episodes for y'all. The break was really great and it gave us all a chance to catch up on a lot of stuff, but... It's really good to finally be releasing stuff again, and I'm really hoping you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to make, as they always are. Just a couple quick things on the announcement docket. In case you missed the announcement we posted a week ago, the soundtrack for the first ARC, episodes one through nine, is finally up. You can find it on Bandcamp. We'll have a link in the show notes. If you are a $5 a month or more patron, you get that for free. So you can just uh, find the information on our Patreon page. And if you're not a patron, I highly encourage you to join. We've got a lot of great content. We have interviews with the cast. We have our bi-weekly Mingling with Monsters show where we talk about the show kind of behind the scenes a little bit. It's a lot of fun. And we've even got other cool stuff like sneak peek concept art that Celeste posts every month and stickers and mugs and all kinds of great stuff. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash meddling. Speaking of art, I wanted to give a little friendly shout out to Reese, who is one of our patrons and follows us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow them at NonBinaries, which is, uh, we'll have that in the show notes, but it's spelled, but it's spelled at N-O-N-B-I-N-A-R-H-Y-S. Uh, in addition to just being a fan of the show, they have posted a lot of little bits of fan art that are really sweet and fun to see and also just good And so we really appreciate their support. They've been really kind. And so you should give them a follow both to see their art and I believe they also stream. So you should check that out too on Twitch. All right. I think that's pretty much it for this week. If you're not already, follow us on Twitter at MeddlingPod and leave us a review on iTunes. Those are both super appreciated. Tell someone about the show. We really appreciate that too. And the next episode should be out November 2nd. So I will talk to you guys then. Bye.
3: All right. then I guess we cut to Dane. Dane, you have broken free and you've managed to climb up over the uh, the rock,
6: making my way up the mountain,
3: making my way up the mountain, walking past as I toss my and friend off I came the out ahead. <laughs> 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 and I throw you. <laughs> <laughs> and I throw you. <laughs> <laughs> <Die>. <laughs> yes. yeah, and so. You know uh that there's something up over the next peak that you need to get that is that you don't know what it is yet, but you know that you should go get it. And I assume that you're just climbing up right out oh, yeah, of the Dane, rocks. Uh, From point A to point B, straight line. Um Yeah. Just straight up a sheer cliff at some point with one oh, of yeah. the tongues, I imagine. Oh yeah.
6: Dane digging his feet into the into the mountain as he climbs with his new new uh, monstrous talon, yeah, legs. talon legs yeah pretty
3: much
1: okay
3: you get up over you finally get up over and there's kind of a little bit of a more level spot i don't know that you're right on top of the mountain but you're kind of higher up and mm-hmm. there's sort of a, a clearing of sorts and right in the middle of the clearing is the hammer oh and it's glowing brightly and you everything inside of you all the mouths are lurching it. So they want you to grab that thing Dane
6: indulges, Dane's gonna go forward, stride forward um, and uh, pick up the hammer.
1: Okay.
3: It feels good. It feels The weight feels just right in your hands. I was wondering where you were. You then get that hair on the back of your neck feeling that tells you that something is nearby. Um, somewhere in the woods and that you need to, you, you want to get to smash it. That's what the mouse under, they want to find it and smash it.
6: Dane will take the hammer in hand. I haven't used you nearly enough.
3: Let's Our, break you in. Do you, are you trying to identify where the thing is coming from? Yes. Okay, roll for your bad situation.
6: Let's do it. Woo. And there's no more
3: minus. There's no minuses for you of any kind. You broke the focus on this thing. You don't no longer have the minus one ongoing. Well, if that's,
6: that's the case, that is a ten.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling high. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. that you're doing all of the worst possible things. Yes. What questions do you want to ask, Stane? What are you trying to identify? Let's see here. Okay.
6: I want to. Any dangers I haven't noticed? What's my best way in? And I guess... Well, we'll start off with those two. <laughs> well, best okay. way in, for sure. I need to know what so I'm doing.
3: So, you turn, and like the mouths... Like Again, your sense of smell is a little bit... It's even probably sharper now in the state that you're in. And you smell a familiar smell that you remember from a couple weeks ago in Sminfidge on a, on a stormy night there. No. And you know that somewhere in the dark there is... What you fought back in Sminfidge on the night where you went off to then kill the monster? Mm-hmm. In terms of your best way in, your best way in is to just charge. Okay. Catch them by surprise. And that was, I guess,
6: uh, do, 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 do. any dangers I haven't noticed, really? I guess that'll be, you know,
3: ask. That, you already, an- I already oh,
6: answered. That, that you, one, yeah. Oh. So that was that one. And the best way in is straight in. And then I guess it's uh, um, what's the biggest threat? I guess in, in terms of like, I'm going to go and mess this thing up. I want to know if I, if I'm going to attract anything else out there because that would be grand.
3: There is a small prick of something vaguely familiar, but at are two almost adrenaline turned to quite recognize it. So I think, you know, that the most, the biggest threat, the biggest threat is you for starters. you you don't get the sense that there is anything bigger than you that's going to take you down right now. Um, However, I guess what I I will give you as a little bit of a reminder is you know the last time you fought this uh, person you didn't get your life drain on them which I think forever incentivizes you to just use the hammer yes you're not gonna get any life drain from them. does that is that
1: fair yeah does that seem fair yeah
3: it's like alright okay. cool cool Dane's so the biggest threat yeah. would be trying to fight them without cool Dane is gonna take
6: the hammer and it's gonna run through the the mountains and forest and head towards that thing and go and fuck it up
3: alright um, roll me a kick some ass I think then and you get a plus one because you're acting on the information you have it's not far um, the figure is not far away
6: well what's the highest anyone's rolled in this game so far
3: I think one of them's got a 14 or 15 before maybe
6: okay because I'm right there
3: so yeah. I love Damn. that you're rolling I love that you're rolling well as soon as you shouldn't be <laughs> indulge indulge yes okay I think what happens is you are running through fast and you manage to catch a glint of a few red eyes somewhere off to the side, and they turn to face you. And since you're charging, it, they are going to do some harm. But um... I deal with double harm
6: because fuck them.
3: Oh shit! Okay, how much how much harm do you deal?
6: Well, that would be six. Jesus!
3: <laughs> Jesus! And that's the hammer, right? It does that's, three, that's and you do That's the hammer hunt. does
6: three, and then Jesus. I do double, so it's six. Fuck. <laughs> fuck this thing! Or, uh, what you?
3: So what do you do?
6: Dane catching a glint of it, immediate redirect. Like use the tongue slingshot themselves around a tree or whatever, going full speed, not even stopping, using the, their momentum and everything with a swing of the hammer. And as they race past, and just obliterate this thing as best as they can. And like right before the swing and just found you.
3: You do that and they spin, and then you just hit them right across like the chest and it just sinks in hard. And the nice thing about the way that this system works, right, is that a, a move doesn't represent one single swing. So you swing once, and then I assume, like, you know, you catch them off and they fall back, and then you swing again, right? Oh, yeah. Dane
6: just kind of, like, hitting them with the one strike, skidding to his feet, and then running back again to, like, take him
3: at the, like hit him in the back. You keep doing that, Dane, over and over and over again at one point you just you literally swing the hammer through a tree to hit to them like that's yeah. how hard you're swinging this thing like it's not an axe you just smash through a whole Sp- ass tree through the trunk um, and they do they get hit hard multiple times once across like the face and the chest and they're getting beat up and then finally at one point you swing and they manage to duck and they grab the hammer and when they do that again all the eyes are glowing red when they see the hammer and look up at you although their face is so scarred that it's really more just the eyes on their face looking up at you Mm -hmm. somehow the eyes turn even redder you didn't you wouldn't even think it would be possible but they do and therefore all of the mouths all of their mouths just hiss at (laughs) once um and they lunge at you and begin just trying to just climbing all over you and, you and biting at you and biting at you and biting at you, and you take three harm from that. Okay.
6: <laughs>
3: I'm unstable. And the two of you roll into a clearing, like kind of near the edge of a cliff. And they get up, and you get up, and you sort of both scramble to your feet. And you're there with the hammer, and they're there with all of like they they're they're bigger than you at this point when they unspool like this. Yeah and all of their eyes are red. And they, you can again hear all the mouths breathing. And if you were to tune in for a second, I don't think you're in the state to even care about this, but for a second, some part of it sounds like the mouths aren't just breathing, that they're saying something. But then right before, if, I don't even think Dane would care to no. take time to figure that out right now. And they just throw themselves at you. And what do you do, Dane? Uh, You're near a cliff, I will give you as a context. You guys have fought out of the forest and near to a cliff's edge.
6: Oh, if that's the case, Dane will let them charge. And as they're charging, Dane will take the hammer and uppercut them and try to and, like, throw them over the cliff and then chase after them.
3: I think that's going to be one more... Kick some ass, then. That's I want good. this to be a separate roll.
6: Well, nine plus four that puts me at a thirteen. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you're just gonna do terrible harm again, yes, right?
6: Yes, just uh, double, them. All right, yeah. I think what happens
3: him. is as as you as they charge you, um, and you take the hammer and you smash like are you were trying to uppercut them? Yeah, just the hammer, kind of like right? bring
6: them over their head.
3: You do that and they fall and it's still kind of a cloudy night and you just see them fall like almost out of view over the cliff's edge. And uh, it's actually, you realize actually it's a lot farther than you suspected, probably farther than you would want to jump down, although Dan's not exactly the smartest. And the other thing I'll give you is when that happens, the hammer stops glowing and some of that adrenaline and everything, that sort of super hyper... Uh, revved up state starts to wear down a bit and you come back a little bit more to your senses and you would start to realize slowly but surely everything that you've just done from a more regular Danes perspective
5: what was that?
3: Looks down at the hammer. It's not glowing anymore. What do you want? You hear footsteps behind you. Dane will
6: swing around and point the hammer at them. Or whoever it is, whatever.
3: You see a a woman, a tall black woman with her hair done up in braids, tied behind her head. Um and she's Stands back in fear, understandably, when you swing this hammer around. And then she seems to have a bizarre sort of confidence to her. And she just says, "Uh, Dane, it's Dane, right? How do you know my name? When you confirm that she's right, her face turns... There's a slight smile, but it's mostly sad. And she looks down for a bit. And then she looks up at you and she says, he didn't make it out, did he?
6: Dane will quietly let the hammer kind of like slide from his grasp, So it soundlessly like hits the ground and then he'll let go of it and uh, kind of dust his hands off on his chest.
3: No. No, he did not. I think, uh. I think you have something for me, and I think I have a couple things for you. She actually starts to root around in her bag. Dane will
6: kind of feel, reach up and feel for the necklace and take it off, and hold it in his hand, look at it, and think back to what feels like so long ago already and then he'll walk up to her quietly he'll take the hammer with him though like he's not he'll kind of
1: yeah that's nice
6: bring it with him and um, dangle the necklace in front of her
5: he said that
3: Might miss the the festival, I believe. It's then that she starts crying. But she does actually keep her composure together. She roots around in the book and says, Yeah, he was always, um. He was always bad with keeping on schedule like that. Um. And she roots around, and what she pulls out of her bag is a Bible. Um, and she says, I think there's uh, I don't know why I know this. I just, a few hours ago, I got, we were all together thinking about it and I think suddenly all of us just, I don't know how we all knew, but we knew. And I knew I needed to come. I don't know why, but I knew I needed to come here and I know I need to give, this was in his office. And I, apparently there might be a couple things in there for you, I don't really know. I just knew somehow. Um, I got a, a I got a lot of people I got to go look after and explain some things to, but um, we'll probably, I don't know, we'll figure we might have something for him, maybe if uh, you want to... I don't really know how y'all knew each other, but apparently he wanted you to have this and it was pretty important to him, so... I got to go, though. Dane will offer the necklace. She will take it.
6: And Dane will take the Bible and look at it. Do you open it? Yes, actually, he w- he will in front of her,
3: he'll open it. Almost serendipitously, you open it and you open it to, I don't think you're intending to, but um, you, you open it to maybe a little bit later, somewhere in the New Testament. And one of the verses there, there's, there's several that are highlighted um but there's one that almost seems it's in it's in the same color but you don't know why it almost seems more freshly highlighted like it's been highlighted in the last few hours and this is what that verse is James 1:19 My dear brothers and sisters take note of this Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry <laughs> <laughs> no. All right.
6: Dane will read that and actually quietly laugh to himself. Just
1: <laughs> Yeah. Is
3: that your only reaction to it?
6: Dane will close the Bible.
3: And Yeah. Look at her. Yeah. She raises an eyebrow. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know. Um uh it must have been important if he wanted me to come all this way. So, I don't know. Like I said, I think there's something else in there for you too if you look again. I don't know. I just know that that wasn't the only thing. <laughs>
6: This may have been useful in another time. Dane will take another quick look.
3: Something falls out of the Bible. Um, It is a small piece of worn parchment, and it smells vaguely of the salt spray and old wood and an old-fashioned boat and old-fashioned people. And it is a note, and written on the note... It's written in Spanish, but it is the following phrase. I'll be here waiting for you, so don't make me wait too long.
6: <laughs> <sighs> so when when it slips out, Dane, not reading it at first, will kind of like kneel down and pick it up. And then as they, like, they kind of, in one hand, they let go of the hammer And with that same hand, they pick up the note and they read it and they stare at it for a second. And they like almost like gaze off into the distance. (sighs) (sighs) Daniel bite his lip hard, make him bleed. He will fold it up and quietly nod to her.
3: Okay. Is that all you'll do? For now. (laughs) (laughs) I think she quietly nods back and then just with a sort of determination to her footsteps, even though she still has tears in her eyes, she starts walking back through the woods.
6: Dane will take the note and slip it back into the Bible and they will like grip that Bible like tight and they'll pick up the hammer and they'll walk up like they'll kind of like walk into the forest and everything. And then with as much force as he can, he will clobber a tree until it is nothing
3: but sawdust. Good image. And it's on that image of Dane getting his frustrations out that we cut to Cassandra. Cassandra, you wake up. And you're aware of a few things. Uh, One, you're aware that your whole body, especially your head, hurts. And the other thing, like as you come to, with a shocking amount of clarity, you are aware that you failed to stop the innocent person from getting hurt by Dane. You don't know why or what happened, you just know you failed. Yeah. The other thing that you would notice is that there is a. You hear the sound and you feel a little bit of heat and light from a fire.
4: With everything, you know, just everything processing in their head, they. They don't move at first because, well, they're in fucking pain. (laughs) And two, they feel. They feel this pit in their stomach that just wells up in them until tears start rolling down their face as they think of not only did they fail again but it was the person that they most trusted that did it and they just kind of lay there for well they can't really tell for how long until they notice that there is warmth there is fire and do
3: their best to
4: turn their head to look.
3: Okay, um, what happens is you do turn your head and you can see that it's a campfire. And when you do that, like there's a sharp pain in your head and your neck. Do you like let out any noise or anything when that happens?
4: Yeah, they're just like, ah,
3: ah. You hear a voice from the edge of the fire say, oh, careful there, careful there. You took quite a nasty fall.
5: <gasps> oh <laughs>
3: Motherfucker! <laughs> and oh fuck! You turn. No! You turn, and there is an average-height man with a short blonde cropped haircut, and he lean he <laughs> kneels over you with as degree of gentleness and looks you over and says,
1: "Careful there! You took a nasty spill." Um. I hope you weren't walking alone in the woods at night. Who knows what trouble you might run into? Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah,